0: Sheep.
1: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. I like put like a little emphasis on attack there. Attack. Anyway, my name is Matt. I'm joined by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses.
0: Hello. Hello. What are you Hello. a snake over there? Hello. Sizzling my steak. Oh, that's kinda <laughs> kind of weird.
1: Yeah, you know. Kind of okay, w- I mean, I mean all right, whatever. Anyway, in today's hi. episode, <laughs> hi, yes, hi, yes. Should we start over? Or are we just rolling with this. No, one? We'll the music's go. gonna going. carry us through.
0: No, we're going. Come on. Okay, we've already started.
1: On today's... We, I started before, then we restarted. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about payment. Woohoo! Everyone loves money. Get that money Everyone do. loves getting money. Yes. And so we're going to talk about how to get money. Should we label this episode how to get money?
0: Ooh, good clickbait. How bait. to...
1: Golly, man, I'm good at this. Going on... You are good, good at four this. Four and a half... You know, it's oh, definitely man. a
0: gift you have.
1: How to get money. It's like I... Do marketing or something It's like it, to get money like you do Money That's that's gonna be in all caps too <coughs> Money Anyway Money Should I say like cheddar? Get money Get money There you go Anyway money. Before we get in <laughs> I should just like Keep on going I'm just gonna like Turn down my headphones That I've Sam In it Through his old Dial Monologues I'm just gonna keep on talking Anyway, before we get into that, Sam <laughs> yes has
0: some fantastic Oh, housekeeping. my goodness, yes. I'm so excited. You know why I'm so excited? Because of
1: Housekeeping. Oh
0: god. <laughs> Got It's him. like a tornado blowing through here. <sighs> My dearest of dearest listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Attack Relief Show. Thank you for partaking in the housekeeping. So many of you have been helping us out. And I am asking once again for your help to screenshot an episode. Tag us on Instagram. We're really focused on Instagram. It is... Uh, Our favorite platform, I'll say. Um, Tag us on Instagram. For the record, Mastering. Tag me, Most Mastering. An episode that you're listening to or that you've enjoyed. Post on your Instagram. Tag us. We will reshare it to our followers. It's called cross-marketing. It's beneficial. It'll make you more money long-term. It'll grow your network. And your network... Uh, oh, wait, what did I want to say? When <laughs> something really ch- Yes, thank you. Gosh darn it. Hey, you, <laughs> when your network grows, your net worth grows. Or something like that.
1: Oh, wow. And so
0: anyway, this is the time where you could pause the episode and take 10 seconds and help us out. Screenshot, share it, tag us, we'll reshare it. And I think that's good for today. Thank you, listener. Love you. Do you know what they they shouldn't
1: do? What? Don't tag the Attack and Release show Instagram because we never
0: go on that No, don't tag
1: our podcast. I always go on there and it's just like four weeks ago (laughs) someone did this. It's like just like eight or ten things that we missed. It's like, ah, crap, I need to
0: check this one. I apologize personally to anyone who's been on that Instagram account and is trying to message message us. we got
1: other stuff to do.
0: We just thought it would be a good idea. This podcast is a hobby. (sighs) Yeah.
1: And it's completely because of us that it hasn't turned into anything more than a hobby.
0: <laughs> it's it's a so, growing hobby, you know, a growing hobby. Um, sure. But yeah, thank you, everyone. That's our housekeeping. On to the episode. Ooh, like a turn the page? Batman noise there. Yeah, like turn the page. Boop.
1: Oh wait, the Batman talk be- was before we did the intro. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, well, whatever. They won't get that. Anyway, you can still do that. That'd be sweet. <laughs> I'll figure something out. Anywho. Mm-hmm. Sam. Matt. So on the episode of Payment, or on the episode of How to Get Money, whatever we're going to call this one, Yes, shows how much we plan, let's first talk about <laughs> a... Kind of like a a highly... It's not like a triggerable thing, but it's something that everyone is always interested in. Mm. And there's no right way to do this. And so the master... I can't even say that. (laughs) I can't even say what stage in the process we're at because we got to talk about this. (laughs) Do you accept payment up front or after the delivery has already been made? Samuel.
0: Matthew. Um... Many, many moons ago, I decided to implement for the most part taking payment upfront. With saying that, I want to just make a quick disclaimer for the episode for what I'll say with the episode that my ultimate goal is to build trust and maintain the relationship with my existing clients and new clients that may come that is the ultimate goal in this conversation is to is to do that with saying that i do take payment up front i encourage payment up front i require payment up front for most of my projects the ones that do not get paid up front are usually either label work which is usually net 30 if you're lucky and they don't lose your, your uh, invoice Um, or clients that we do so much work with or clients I do so much work with so consistently that we're turning things around so quickly that I know they or their client, their clients are going to pay in a, in a respectable time and that if we've got hard deadlines and we're cranking out things, you know, I'll shoot the invoice over immediately but sometimes with those clients, um, I trust them as they trust me that I can deliver the file, the final master, all the deliverables, even if they haven't paid, <coughs> knowing that they are going to pay me quickly. So that's a trust thing that's build, been built up over the years. But my policy is payment up front. Um, so that is what I tell people. Um, I invoice Basically as soon as we finally commit to the to the project, they say they want to do it and an invoice gets sent out to them and it has multiple ways to pay on it. And then they most of the time pay it. (laughs) And then I start working. So that's kind of, you know, how I operate. What about you, man? And the payment
1: for you books the session (laughs) in your calendar.
0: Yes. Yeah. It blocks triggers the the calendar. Yeah. If you have not paid, if, you're, if we have newer clients or you know, things of that nature, then I require... And if it's full length, just for scheduling purposes, I need to lock in days at a time um, and block things out so the money will hold that spot. Because at this stage, and please hear me, like 10 years in, I do usually have work that's waiting around most of the time. There are some slow times, but most of the time, if someone's not willing to commit, or they're just not quite there, whether they whether they need my services or not, I will kind of just tell them, you know, your, your deadline, you're like, when I can return, this will have to be pushed, because I have other people waiting or who have paid or are getting back to me about paying today. So, that's just kind of the reality of how it is now. It wasn't always that way, um, but that's the truth now about kind of where I'm at. So sure. does that make sense? I think it's pretty good. Okay. I think it's pretty comprehensive. <laughs>
1: and I mean, if you go on like, like uh, for me at least, the only reason the um, mastering nerds and... um. I'm sorry, the only reason why Facebook is relevant to me anymore is for that Mastering Nerds page and the Mastering Engineers <laughs> Worldwide page. Um, but if you go on those pages and you just, like, you could probably type in the search bar before or after or, like, invoice or payment or whatever, and you could probably just find a myriad of these types of things, these types of questions. Um, and no two people have the same answer. Yeah, It's, uh... I mean, and sometimes you'll get into debate, but like it's not even really like a debatable topic because it's really just like what works best for your workflow and totally. your clients. Yep. And it's like, well, to a degree it is like a trust thing, like if you did have an issue like with anyone paying, it's like, don't get me wrong, um, the way this conversation is going to go is like I collect payment afterwards. I don't like payment up front. But if there is somebody who has been not the best at paying in the past and they want to come back and I really enjoy working on their stuff, All require payment up front and I don't think that's uncalled for because I don't want to be waiting forever for payment. And it's like, don't get me wrong, it's like I'm not talking like, oh yeah, by the end of the week or something like that. Like they're taking their sweet time and I'm chasing them down for like, I think the longest I ever chased someone down for was like two months yeah. or two and a half months. like, it's like okay this is like excessively drawn out right. and it's like this is like beyond disrespectful right. for like someone who's kind of like made your stuff sound right. legit
0: um, well and that's what so it, anyway sorry I would say that's no, what ahead. a lot of it comes down to for me is a respect and trust thing of you know I've spent the time and done the work and delivered the product and so payment is due I also think you know I always try and Think about like if I was an artist putting out a song, you know, obviously you expect to get paid when someone downloads it or you expect to get paid when someone goes to your show or when someone streams, sure. you know, payment is made immediately um, before they experience the show, before sure. they, you know, really download the thought. whole song. Like I've always, I think about that too with rates, you know, that's the whole I've talked about on Instagram Instagram before is like when you ask me for a discount on something and I usually say, you know, do you have room to come up in the budget or can you save? You know, it's the same thing of if you're an artist putting out a song and then someone comes up to you and says, can I buy this for, you know, half off? Like, you'd be like, hell no. You know, or if you're you're sure. selling tickets for a show and they're $30 and someone's like, well, I'd like to pay 20 and you're like, no, the ticket costs what it costs. You know, sure. I view it as very much the similar way with rates and with you know the payment. I also always think too with the respect thing is like in almost every other f- industry we're used to paying up front. You know, like you go eat, you pay immediately. You know, up front or you shop, you have to pay for something immediately. But for some reason in the creative world, and I think the reason is people have had such bad experiences with people saying, oh, I'm great at producing or great at mixing or I'm a professional because the internet allows you to say I'm a professional. Then they work with that person and the person's not a professional. They do under deliver. They do miss deadlines. They do deliver a crappy product that is not professional. And so then the, the client goes, well, next time I work with someone who says they're professional, I'm going to be a little bit hesitant to pay them because that's just the reality of... I mean, that's probably a whole other episode. <laughs> but that's when people don't want to pay you up front, it's normally because they've had a bad experience and trust has been broken. So they actually on some level, and this isn't everybody, but for a lot of people, they they believe you are not going to deliver the product you say you will. So they want to hold the money in case they get to the end of it. And then they can go, well, this isn't what I like, so I'm not paying you um, because they've had a previous bad experience. That's where I think for us, for Matt and I, I would say is our part of our ethos or goal for doing the, uh, the podcast created community is trying to recreate a community of audio people that do honest work and to help bring peace of mind back to those people that have had bad experiences and helping dissolve concerns and demystifying the process to where paying up front is not weird. And when you pay me up front, you know it's, it's a sign that you're serious about getting your music mastered and you're serious about working with me. So it is a, a part of a respect thing. I also respect the client as soon as they give me money i am so grateful for that but it's also for me i mean i know you're the you're the opposite but the money once i collect money then a fire is lit under my butt <laughs> and there's a responsibility for it um, to execute and deliver a product um so anyway i kind of cut you off so i'm going to hand it back to you before I ramble,
1: no, it's all good. I'm kind of curious how far we're going to be able to stretch this episode because it seems pretty linear. Kind of, yeah. And I'm not really sure how, like, diversified and long this episode's gonna be so if you have an interjection you're more than welcome to okay, speak cool. in so not for the sake of dragging the episode out no.
0: necessarily but i mean i have <coughs> a few other things i could talk about but i'll hand it back to you here yeah
1: and i have like three or four bullet points written down and then i just started notes on the back of my note card and so i think i, I think we're good for the
0: next we'll, you know 40 minutes <laughs> i'm sure we'll fill out time <laughs> yeah
1: okay so with me um I am 100% the complete opposite of Sam. Um I really only like to accept payment after I've delivered. My my rebuttal to him with the um on on the whole like we're we're normally used to paying something paying for something before we have it. My other side of it is I kind of see from, like say, like a, like a food and Bev side of it. It's like, well, the food, the consumable is already consumed. And now it's essentially up to you as an integral person to honor up to your side of the commitment when you entered the establishment that you were going to pay for what was served to you. And then, and it like, if you want to go beyond food and Bev, <clears throat> you can let other basic service industries... Like, generally, like, say, like, a plumber, electrician, HVAC, and stuff like that. It's, like, if it's just, like, a small job or something like that, and it's, like, normally, you'd be, like, oh, they'll, they'll tell you the price up front. Yeah, this is kind of what it'll be. And you're, like, okay, you approve the work. At least that's been my experience. And then they go through, and then you give them a card or whatever afterwards. And uh, that's kind of, that's been my experience. And it's, like, unless you get into something really large, in which case it's like it's, like, yeah, we... It's going to take several days, and like you need a deposit or something right. like that. But I mean, that's kind of like over and beyond yeah. into you know the construction world, which we're not talking about. Um, so when, like you said, that when you get payment up front, it lights a fire under you, right? Mentally, for me, it actually does something else, and it kind of puts out that fire. <laughs> and so when I was a kid. I don't even know. I, I'm, I've, I'm sure I've said this before. Um, For when I was nine years old, and when I was eighteen years old, I had a lawn business, and I and that's probably why I like cutting the grass so much. It's just because like I I literally had no friends growing up. I would just I, I had between twelve and like on a busy weekend, if a lot of people were out of town, like seventeen lawns between Friday night and Sunday morning. And if it was the summer, it's like, I would stretch it out. But like, when you get into the fall and the spring and you're still in school and it's like when I was a kid, it's like, of course, like it was like maybe like six or eight or 10, but I mean, you can get a lot done. And the funny, like the funny thing about all that was, is like I was in some cases, like in two and a half days, I was raking more cash in than most my teachers were (laughs) in their pay period. And so I didn't let any of that get to my head, but I just always kind of like thought that was kind of funny. And all my friends were like, when are you going to get a real job? And I was like, well, I don't like paying taxes anyway, so probably (laughs) I ought to try to get away from it as long as I can. And so I noticed that when I would be paid up front for cutting someone's lawn, that there was no longer a reward at the end of the service that was being performed. I liked receiving... Like, the cash, I don't know if it's, like, a little weird dopamine hit or something like that. But, you you know, you get to the end of the level, you get your little coin, and then you go on on to level two or something. (laughs) But, like, whenever, I just noticed. It was some weird, like, psychological thing with me that whenever I got paid up front, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, we're going to go out of town this week. Left a check for you in the mailbox or something like that. It's like, all right, cool, thanks. And then... Their lawn wouldn't to me look as good as it normally does. And I don't know why, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't think I cut their lawn different. I don't think I did anything different. It just wouldn't really, like, I wouldn't have the same pride in it. Right. Because I wasn't working for it anymore. It's like I was just, like, I was just cutting somebody's grass for the sake of cutting their grass because, well, that's what they paid me to do. Right. As opposed to like the other way around. And I don't know why. And however many years down the road, that has still carried on and it's still just a weird thing that's in my head that I cannot shake. And so I feel like if I'm, and don't get me wrong, if you give me money, I've also learned this lesson. Um, There was a guy who used to work for me in my cigar shop and there was this massive humidor. I think we were charging and it it was like loaded with cigars too. Um, and we were charging like $1,500 for it or something. It was, it was like a it was like a solid chunk of cash. And he had a guy come in, and this is like the one thing that like no one's been able to move. Like it's the, I don't know why, like we just can't sell it. It's just like too big of an item for the store. And he had a guy, and he, this guy had a guy come in and say, oh man, I really like this. Oh, and it comes with all these cigars fully stocked and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, hey, can I, go put, can, I, can I give you some cash to hold it for me? And he like, totally acted like, like there were other people who were interested. If I give you some cash, will you hold it for me? And, I'm gonna, and he's like, I'm going to go back to, I'm going to run to the bank, get some more cash, and I'll be back. And the guy who worked for me said, no, don't worry about it. Just come back when you have the full amount. And the guy never came back. So don't get me wrong, we eventually did sell it and whatnot, and there was a happy ending to that one. But I know the benefit of when you're presented with money now, as opposed to later, take the damn money. Right. <laughs> it's very important, and so it's uh, it's like even if that guy never came back for the humidor, you'd still have his like I don't know, however, however much half of fifteen hundred is, yeah, what, like seven seven fifty, you'd still have that. So what, what's it called? Like bird in the hand is worth more two in the bush kind mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So if someone's going to pay me, I'm not going to be like, no, 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 please do that, like, on the back end. Right. But it's just, like, some really weird thing with me that, like, I really like being paid afterwards. And so it also makes me go out of my way, and it's not forcing me, not twisting my arm or anything, but it, like, it keeps me at, like, you know, like, like sometimes we all don't have good days. But you know what? That customer still needs to be number one in your priority, and they need, and even though the customer is not always right, and the customer not all like, like the customer is rarely right, <laughs> but you know what? You got to make them feel right, and you got to treat them like a million bucks every single time they send you over a project or whatever. Um, so at the end of you doing business with me, I want you to be so abundantly happy with your song and with like everything that we worked on, your song, your EP, your record, whatever, that I want you to not be able to wait to pay me. <laughs> and I've had people like do that of like, just like, like they immediately get stuff back. It's like, oh man, this is so sweet. Where can I pay you? Where can I pay you? And it's like, this is awesome. It's like you, like you treat somebody so well that they can't wait to pay you. And so, for all the people who are kind of worried about not getting paid by people after the fact, I do feel like if you treat somebody like a million dollars every single time they come to you for, like, mastering, you're going to, like, be in a situation of, one, where they can't wait to pay you, and two... You're almost guaranteed to have a return client, even if the other part of the team, the producer, the mixer, everything else, like completely just tank the whole situation. I don't know. I've had situations to where like the whole other team didn't come back and they still chose me
0: to master something, yeah, so I mean, I would say like I agree with like everything you're saying, but I feel like my people, my clients feel that way before I even start then. <laughs> like sure they're thrilled to death to to be working with me and that's well you're Sam Moses damn it yeah that's the feeling they are like <laughs> let me pay you now to get it going cuz they want it to start as soon as possible and i think it's just a a obviously it's just two different ways to view it but i think the mentality is almost the the same of like we're both after the same goal it's just two different ways of doing it yeah,
1: I think it's, in all honesty, I think it's just two different mindsets. Right. You got a hell of a loud bird over there. Yeah,
0: he just like flew to my window so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to try and edit him out, but probably there not. There was this
1: church that, no, nah, you, just, you just leave in there. We'll, yeah. call him, we'll call him Barry, just singing in the background. Barry the Robin. <laughs> we had, like this church I used to run front of house at, the sound booth like butted up to this window. Yeah. And I don't know if that robin or cardinal just did not like me. I actually think he kept on seeing his own reflection in the glass. (laughs) And they're super territorial birds. And he just kept on like ramming into this thing until one day, like a year and a half later, we see like a dead cardinal or robin on the ground outside. We're like, man, what's smelly out here? Like, oh, (laughs) there's Barry. And so, yeah, brain dead berry, I guess. Anyway, beat himself silly. So, <laughs> um, we have those birds all in our yard the other day, and it's just like they're like attacking all these other birds. Like, they're nasty birds.
0: Birds are wild. So, you like over by your window, like shoot them away, like,
1: get out of here, Barry. Come back later. Him. Sing me your sweet tunes later.
0: Um, I wanted to say that when I, this is like segue to another topic within this topic or sure, another topic. I'm looking but, at my other ones. Um, the reason a big reason why I started charging up front when I first started was because I needed the money then too. Sure. Like there's definitely a a reality of when I was starting and there wasn't enough work to in theory keep me keep the calendar full, I couldn't go I couldn't do a project and then get paid three weeks later. Sure. Um, because it just didn't work for me, and that's kind of how I started. I mean, that was that was a part of a major shift. Was is that when you went full time? Yeah, that was or when just I from moved. the beginning. That was when I got to Nashville after about a year in gotcha. Nashville. I switched over <laughs> to Upfront, and that was just mm. part. You had to part of it. Yeah, was like frustration because I did have. I think it's just it just depends on what level you're at. Because when I started. I didn't have a ton of clients, and a lot of my clients were kind of, I'll say, at the same level of like unsure, like, is this going to work? So Mm -hmm. they themselves were new artists, new mixers, you know, new producers who were equally as unsure and kind of going like, oh shit, the whole time. (laughs) Like, I hope this works Mm -hmm. out. You know, I hope I can generate enough business or streams or whatever. So when you have like your whole business is kind of founded on a bunch of people who are unsure if they're going to make any money, that's when it gets hectic. Because then if so and so doesn't get paid, then they're like, hey man, sorry, it's going to be another couple weeks because I got to pick up a shift at the bar or like something like that. And then you're I would be here being like, hey, wife, uh we're going to yeah. have to put that on the credit card this week because so and so needs to pick up an extra shift and they didn't get that gig or they didn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that just kind of kept happening. And maybe this is honestly, maybe it's just like city specific when, you know, you're kind of like quote unquote full time or going all in and you have a bunch of people in one place doing that. And it's very unsteady when you start and inconsistent that after a year of that, I just was in a place where it's like, I can't keep tracking down money um, you know, spending so much time trying to track down money. Cause that was a lot of it. And, you know, I just switched to, you know what? I need upfront payment. And those people that were like, no, I don't want to pay you upfront. I mean, I look at back at that. Now, all those people are not doing music. Like it, it's, You know, it's something where when I made that switch, I would say like 99% of people were cool with it. And then there was like 1% who wasn't. And those were probably, I bet if I went back, the people who were always behind in general. Um, But when I switched, I don't know, people for the most part didn't have an issue with it. Mm -hmm. And the only people, the only time it would come up, sometimes people would be like, can I do half and half? And that I never honestly understood because if you're already offering me half, just offer me full because I would require the second half on delivery. So it's like, why are we doing two transactions? Let's just do one. Keep it simple, you know, for everybody. Um, and during well, it's that, it's like too, layaway at that point. Yeah, and also with whenever, you know, every once in a while someone will say like, well, I want to pay at the end or after I approve it that's when i just ask them you know my policy and that's the language i use my policy is you know payment up front to lock in your time and calendar that allows me then to devote you know all my energy towards you for those days you sure. know to your towards your record and then i usually say you know are there any concerns or thoughts you have you know about what i'm going to deliver you know and i'll ask them that and then usually there's something in their past where well, I worked with this mastering guy and this happened or he only did one version and it was terrible and then I was out the money and he had no revisions or it was $100 extra an hour. So, you know, it kind of circles back to what I was saying earlier, but for most people, I find the mm-hmm. fear of paying up front really does come from, for, not to be dramatic, a past traumatic experience, <laughs> you know, with working with someone where they really did get a crappy product and then they didn't get any sort of... um You know, any sort of empathy from the engineer. Because most people, if you deliver a song, if you deliver a master to someone and then someone comes back to you and says, like, hey, this really isn't it, you know, the low end feels weird or feels like, you know, you really missed the mark. 99% of people I know will be like, well, screw you, dude. Like, you suck. You know, they get all offended, you know, and that creates a hostile environment. And then the person's like, well, if you want, you know, revision, you know, it's going to be 100 extra bucks or something. And that's, you know, I, not how Matt and I operate and we're trying to, I think, change that for people <laughs> to learn how to not take things personally. But that's where I think when people work with me, I try to bring peace of mind and try to solve, I want to solve all those concerns and know about those concerns before we even start. Um, and usually the money thing will allow me to have the conver- Yeah, The money is usually the most quote-unquote awkward part of it all. So if we can get that taken care of before we start, it usually allows us to work from a more creative place and a more, mm-hmm. uh, better place of trust, i found. And with the clients, if they're hesitant to pay up front, then I can immediately help bring peace of mind to how I work, You know, solve any um, you know, preconceived notions they think of how it's going to go. Um, I had this literally like today. I had a person who wanted to pay at the end, I said, no, you know, we're doing this amount of songs. I need to for sure, you know, block out the time. And I said, do you have any concerns? He's like, well, I just don't. He said, literally, he said, I don't know really how you operate or how you're going to deliver. Like, are you going to give me options because I've had bad experiences? And then we got into this whole, I think, great discussion of me helping him understand what he's going to get. He has, you know, infinite time to review, basically revisions are included, which, you know, I already said that, but just reiterating what that means. And then he felt great and was like, oh, great, I'll pay you. And then he's not worrying this whole time either. Now while Mm -hmm. I'm working on it, he's like really stoked about like, oh, anticipation, this is going to be great. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is something I feel good about paying for. So, I think for me, the money talk up front and getting that taken care of has always, for me, opened up a door of conversation to Diffuse any concerns, diffuse any hesitations, and establish that trust before we even start on the project to then allow us to both kind of be like fully creative and enjoy the art process as opposed to dealing with money and stuff on the back end and them kind of sitting around hoping it's, you know, they have these past experiences they're bringing into me when, you know, they're new with working with me. So I just want to make sure that they're always like jazzed and understand the process, um, which goes on to like, you know, we've talked about like onboard and communication before in other episodes but that for me is a big reason why I still like to implement the upfront cost of money because usually the money will be the triggering thing and that is usually attached to other issues. It's not often, it's like in sales stuff, a lot of people say money, the cost is never the problem. Like, your rebuttals are usually like um, you know, if someone says no to you, you know, if you're pitching a product to them, they'll usually say, uh, you know, I need to go talk to somebody. It's not the right time. Um, or I don't have the money or we have someone who's already providing it for you. And usually mm-hmm. they're providing us that product. And so there's rebuttals to all that. But like the money thing for most, most people and most companies and most like good sales books, they, they heavily explain that the cost isn't the issue. It's that the, the client, the customer, doesn't understand the value or the process and the trust has not been made yet. So that for me is usually I find if I can build trust, demystify any of their concerns up front, then they're happy to pay. And, and not mm-hmm. just pay, but pay my rate that may even be higher than what they're used to paying and they've never paid up front before, but now they're paying up front and they're paying my rate and I think it just establishes a good trust professional environment or working relationship and then after one project everything goes great and then from then on you know there's no question they just I have clients that literally will pay me ahead before they even send stuff (coughs) now like that's that's the kind of just to book out the time. Yeah, they'll just be like here's X amount of money for 5 songs in 2 weeks. You know, we're not done yet, mm. but I want to lock that in, you know, and so I do and they pay me up front. So it's it's created within my business, you know, higher, I'll say higher cash flow, less risk, less stress, you know, mm. and allowed me to really book out time ahead, which for me brings peace of mind, of course. Like who doesn't want to know their you know, booked out a couple weeks and it's already paid for. Sure. So, for me, that's, you know, that's something <clears throat> I found that was worth, quote-unquote, fighting for and still is of, you know, I prefer payment up front. Um, so, anyway, that's my other rambling.
1: No, I think all that's really, really important. I think uh, another important point to note is... and. I don't know. This probably hasn't been said in several episodes or maybe tens of episodes. Um, Sam does this full time. Um, Yeah. I have a morning session that I book out and an evening session that I book out. And so Sam's and my life are very, very different. Um, And we operate in two different ways. If I was doing this full-time and I was like needing this cash to be um, a means for like taking care of and like feeding my family and everything, I would most definitely be a payment upfront kind of a guy. Um, I don't really see a reason for me not to do that. But also like with that said, I've never had an issue with anyone like, Who's had like a, a a bad experience with a mastering engineer or something like that? Normally, people are <laughs> are pretty happy to come and like have like me master their stuff. Um, so, and also like as far as cash goes, I one hundred percent agree with what Sam said that all money talk should happen up front. Like, there is no real talk about money on the back end. Like, generally, when I deliver my stuff. I'll have like a note at the top of the email for like, hey, here's like all your final stuff and everything. And then I'll have some distribution notes below. So if like there's any ISRC codes, if there were different requested formats, I kind of go through like how like I've kind of labeled folders, if there's like DDPs and like players for DDPs and whatnot, and if stuff was prepared for vinyl, I'll just go through and I'll just let people know, hey, this is where all your stuff is. And then uh, after that I'll thank them and this is all kind of like for the most part templated out um because every client gets this and it's something that like everyone needs but I try to make it as personable as I can um so but it's like if you've mastered with me like four or five times you probably see this last email and you're like wait a second <laughs> um but it's like the top part I try to keep pretty personable and then like I'll change some stuff in between just to like make sure it's like hey this is relevant to your record and uh I'm like at the most. I'll end with, um, like lastly, your invoice is attached below with best payment methods. Um, please like credit me as, um, mastered by Matthew Garber at For the Record Mastering, or whatever best suits your artwork. And thanks for letting me. Thanks for like including me on this incredible project. Please feel free to reach out if you need anything else and then I normally hyperlink stuff and then it goes off. And there's literally never any talk about money. The next thing that happens is like either that same day or like a few days later at most, I think get a Venmo or a PayPal and that's that. And I just shoot them a message either on PayPal or Venmo on that little payment just saying, hey, your payment was received. I appreciate it. And then I'll just follow up in the email. Just be like, hey, just wanted to let you know your payment was received. Thank you so much. People like to know that, like, it went to the right person. Totally, yep. Um, and it's like, I don't know. For me, it's like still like with me right now, it's like it's all that customer service thing. Right. Um, so with time that we have left... um. I have a few things we can delve into. Do you how many bullet points you got do you want to bring up?
0: I just have like one or two.
1: Mine Okay, so you so for listeners at home, this is a bit of a uh, a housekeeping that Matt and Sam didn't coordinate their notes beforehand. We probably wrote them on the fly as we were recording this
0: episode. We well, always write them um, on the fly. <laughs> yeah, I know. And actually Matt is sometimes more prepared. I just not, like to uh speak from the overflow, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so one thing that I was thinking about getting into and just real quick, um any software that we use to essentially yeah. um like like any invoicing software and then how do we accept payment? Yeah.
0: And maybe we do that in different ways, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can go on so, that quick here. Um I so use, just use software. Yeah, software I use uh paydirt which is an application I pay for. It's online. And it's a very simple invoicing program. I've been using it for five years now. I kind of went through a bunch of different payment invoice things and QuickBooks and whatever, but I found PayDirt to be the simplest way to offer, you know, I think you could do this in other things, but PayDirt is so simple and clean and it attaches Stripe, which is all card methods, and PayPal, which most people have. And then when on you it, Google Pay Dirt. Yeah, the first thing is gold panning. Pay Dirt. Learn to <laughs>
1: gold pan or pan gold at home.
0: Yeah, I think it's Pay Dirt app actually. <laughs> it's pay Dirt app. Yeah. Um, but anyway, on it, I also list that you can pay me with Venmo, cash, check or bank, you know, Zelle, uh, which is basically like bank-to-bank transfers. Mm-hmm. And if they're sending a the check on the invoice, it says to notify me so I can go make sure it gets to the P.O. box. Um, but yeah, I try to offer as many options of payment as possible to <laughs> remove any friction from people because over the years I've found there are... A significant amount of people who don't use PayPal or don't use Stripe, you know, cards, and they like Venmo or they like Cash App or they like checks, or I do direct deposits with a ton of ton of different labels and management companies, or even some studios do direct deposit um, stuff now, and so I just try to provide as many options as possible. I found it to be super easy to you get to brand it, you know, it's a simple invoice program it's really easy to use. um you know, keeps all your clients' info in there, et cetera. and it's just always it's never like failed me, and it's so dependable, and people find it to be really easy um, you know to pay and stuff. so I've just stuck with that over the last like five years, and it's just worked really well, but that's just me, you know. I don't know anyone else who uses Pater, so <laughs> I've never heard about it before. You a, talked about it. I have a it. freelance buddy who does wedding photography, he's a pretty large wedding photographer, and he still uses it. And he's he turned me on to it like six years ago because he had went through a bunch of different programs and and things, and just was like, he's like, Pater's just so consistently operating and clean, um, you know, and it's yeah, I found it to be that so. I can't remember what it costs per month. It, it's not free, but um, it's not expensive, in my opinion. So, And I do use QuickBooks. My accountant and stuff, we use QuickBooks for everything. But I found with QuickBooks, it wasn't always... I initially had QuickBooks for invoicing and I found it to not... It was more difficult uh, to reconcile everything with allowing uh, lots of payment options. So... Um. So that's why I kind of just switched over to this, this instead. And then QuickBooks just is synced to the business bank account instead. So uh, oh. I know what you're talking about. At first,
1: I was like, what is that man talking
0: about? Yeah. I, I get it. Um, so anyway, that's what I use. That's what I've been using. No issues, no complaints. Um, clients don't have an issue, as far as I know. <laughs> so it's worked. So that's what I use. Um, For me,
1: um, I use QuickBooks Online, and uh, I like it. Excuse me, got a burp. I like it a lot. Um, I've used it for here. I've used it for other companies. Um, I've done QuickBooks Enterprise. I really don't care for it. It's not cloud based, and it's kind of stuck to the desktop that it's on. Um, It is more feature rich, but uh, I just um, if. And I've I've talked with people at QuickBooks over the years, and they are dialing back QuickBooks Enterprise, and QuickBooks Online is kind of slowly but slowly receiving all the features of Enterprise. And I like it a lot. Um, I like all the features that get added to it um, for my other company. Um, I'm pretty much do a lot of the um, accounts receivable finance, and a lot of like um, I like a lot of the day to day finance, and so I'm in it quite a bit. And uh, um I have a very dialed back plan for the mastering business and I think it's pretty cool. Um I don't mind it. I don't really have too much of an issue. Um I don't know. I don't really do I feel like a lot of people would be pretty shocked at how little bookkeeping <laughs> I do. Um it's really just like invoicing and expensing and I really only Yeah, I'm not even going to get into <laughs> not to get into that next part. Um I just find it pretty easy it's nice for me um, as far as like payment I pretty much just accept uh, Venmo which is preferred and then PayPal um, ideally only international clients would use PayPal because um, I'm getting a fee for that but it's like I get it it's like cost of doing business kind of thing so it um, doesn't, doesn't bother me if people here in the states or whatever use PayPal um, it all, all goes to the same place um, Cash App. I'm not really the biggest fan, but if somebody wants to pay with that, I have no problem doing that. Um, never gotten a Zelle. <laughs> um, Let's see. One thing I think I want to start doing is I want to. QuickBooks offers a way to do like you can, um, you can like submit credit cards and debit cards and whatnot via the invoice and. Like while you do get charged for that, it's like I feel like that would be a better option for like international clients or and I say this like I say this next part very respectfully. Um for older clients who really don't trust like Venmo and PayPal and all that stuff, but they um I have some like older international clients who like really don't want to use and this is this is I don't know, maybe like eight or ten who I've had an issue um with like PayPal and stuff like that. And we'll figure something out. And so it's like, I'm not like haggling them or anything, but um, I think offering people to, the ability to pay their invoice via the invoice with a debit card or credit card or whatnot, I think would be pretty helpful. And so um, <clears throat> that might be my next avenue, but there's fees involved. And so those fees just kind of stink. Yeah. But once again, cost of doing business. Right. Um, so, um yeah, that's that's pretty much what I use, that's pretty much what I do. And I really haven't had an issue. 2022 is going to have an ear have a weird kind of a thing because at least in the states because it's like the Fed and the Treasury and the IRS is making everyone like report to the government any transaction over $600 and it's like good luck figuring all that out. <laughs> but I mean they hired like allegedly 30,000 additional uh, tax people in order to do it and um, it's kind of silly and I don't really know all the ways that we're going to have to report at the end of this year but uh, if you have an accountant or something like that you might want to ask them and it's like everyone's going to have to essentially say and that's why Venmo and PayPal which is the same company they are like that's why like Venmo is like oh yeah you have to classify if this is like for personal, or if you're paying for a service or something like that, and um, I appreciate a lot of my people <laughs> not saying that it's for a service, but um, yeah, I think Venmo is going to be Venmo and PayPal are going to be issuing out like 10.99s at the end of the year, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be kind of kind of weird and interesting. So we'll have to. We'll have to see that. So if you didn't know that, and this is your first time hearing that, uh, keep an ear to the ground around December. So anywho, that's kind of really all I got as far as payment. I think we really covered a lot. Did you have anything else? Um, what are your other bullet points?
0: I think Some the time. only final thing would be like, do whatever is good for your business, but don't be afraid to ask for money up front if that's how you want to run your company. Oh, yeah. Because you, you train your clients, you know, and you establish yourself your business and your policies over a long period of time. And now, most people that come to me, even from referrals, they know they're paying up front. Um, and so, it's not even, you know, most time it's not even a question or an issue anymore. And that's something I've established and, you know, is a policy I've had for a lot of years now. So if it's something you want to do, do it. And also, once again, even within my own company, there are still plenty of clients and probably people that listen to this episode that know you know they pay after like just cuz we're doing so much work. So don't mm-hmm. ever you know, I circle back to like what I said up front and I'll bookend it with like the most important thing is is creating those relationships and creating trust and creating long-lasting relationships and and you know, that's sometimes you need to adjust things for projects or timelines that sometimes go against your quote-unquote policies. And that's part of the joy of, uh, I'll say, to get, you adjust those policies so you can get the projects done in the correct time. But that's kind of the joy of being self-employed is you can do whatever you want whenever you want. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. if someone, you know, if someone really is hell bent on, you know, what I just want to pay at the end, you know, and you really love this person and you love the music, then just take payment at the end. Like, you know, you can make exceptions because you're the business owner, um, you know. But for most people out there, I, you know, they're scared to ask for money. They're scared to talk about money. And you've got to get over that as a business owner. You have to understand that your business will only survive by you getting paid. <laughs> on time and consistently. Um, and if people have an issue with that, then you need to find different clients because those people are not going to be able to sustain you. You're going to go out of business. <laughs> it's going to impact your business to where you can't serve the other clients who have paid you. Um, mm-hmm. You know That's where people get, I think... In, they waste time or mental energy when they don't really have a firm policy. So they accept some up front and some on the back end and half and half and some whenever someone feels like it. And then you're kind of like, you have inconsistency in your books usually as you grow. And then you've got different so many different policies with different people, it's hard to keep track. And as you grow exponentially... You know, I've learned you gotta have systems in place. That's how you best serve people. As you get larger, you have to have systems in place to serve people. Otherwise, you start dropping the ball on certain things, or you forget certain things, or your CPA is like, "I can't do all this." Like, you need to have some sort of system so we can, you know, make the books look decent for your business so you can mm-hmm. get a loan, or you can buy a house, or you can get the studio business loan, or whatever. Like. There are things businesses do in order to operate and to continue to operate, and that a lot of that is heavily around with how they take the money in and then what they do with it. Point of hmm. point of sale, basically POS. So, um, you know, that's a huge part of a business. And if you create friction or don't have clear policies or don't have good explanations of why you do what you do, the the your clients will go somewhere else. Because a little bit of friction will turn someone off enough to where they won't trust you, and then they'll just go to somewhere else or some past thing. Even if it wasn't that great, it ended up working, and they might go back to that just to go. Well, at least I know it's kind of a semi-good experience here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're just kind of creatures to have it that way. So that's my last bookend. You know, try to have a firm policy, but also understand as the business owner, sometimes you need to make some changes or you need to you know make an exception for a certain project. Um, or you know something like that so that's all I have I am done we really got a full hour out of hey, that hey there you go you got your money's worth today listener you got hey, the hour look at that <laughs> oh, look at that I'll be invoicing later <laughs> well
1: you sure went like like back to forward on that one I guess yeah I know got to listen to the tune up from the background <laughs> is a sweet beat curated by the one and only <laughs> Sam Moses If you wouldn't mind dropping him a thank you for just, I mean, what's this, like a hundred and God knows how many (laughs) you've done. Yes. So he makes everyone special for each episode. I don't know if you have a bank of them or if you just hear the episode and you're like, yep, this is what this sounds like. You go ahead and make your own. I I have
0: a bank of them for our podcasts, but they're just for the podcast. No one else will ever get them.
1: Well, thank you very (laughs) much. Let me me be the first to say I'm very grateful. (laughs) So, um, if you need a mastering engineer, Sam can be found at Moses Mastering. Um, I can be found at For The Record Mastering. If you wouldn't mind taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it on Instagram, Facebook, whatever social media app you are currently akin to. And tagging Sam Moses Mastering Or me for the record Mastering in it We greatly appreciate it You can attack the, you, you can attach Like or whatever The attack or release Show to it I just really wouldn't Expect the world <laughs> Of like Us <laughs> like going in And like reposting it Or whatever But Anywho Good on you So With that said I think I think we're about done I think we're about Wrapped here mm-hmm. that, that sweet beat Is a bumpin Is a beaten, And uh Yeah. Morning, afternoon, evening, whatever you cool cats are having, have a good one. Make that money. Make the money. (laughs) Uh, All right. See y'all later. Bye. Bye.